alive again. Welcome back to another episode of How to Be a Baller, brand new podcast from Versus that speaks to some of the game's most influential young ballers to discuss their journeys to becoming these great professional football players. First and foremost, before we go any further, I want to say a really big shout out to everyone that watched, all the positive support, the messages, the comments, the tweets. It's really appreciated. And we thought, you know what? Why don't we hit you again with another another big baller, another person that has a, a really impressive story that we, we can touch on. So my name is Myra Quadri, and each episode of this is going to be about these big ballers, going down memory lane and seeing how they got their start in football and what makes them these great professionals. Our latest guest is someone who's already a Premier League champion. He's won a Club World Cup and has become an integral part of his team. He's already sourcing up in Champions League. He's gotten a goal and assist. And he's just someone that, through this conversation, you realise is a really, really humble person. Some people call him the millennial Steven Gerrard. We call him the Toxic Totti. If you haven't guessed already, we have Curtis Jones. But before we go any further, to touch on why this was such a good conversation and why he's a perfect example of someone to describe how to be a baller, I've got two of my colleagues, and I remember their names this time, we have Corey and Jacob. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good, mate. Good, man. How are you? Big week um, after, the, after the Tammy drop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, Tammy dropped the. A lot of people mentioned how he came across in a really unique way and some way they haven't seen before. And that's what we want to try and get from these series. And um, especially with this conversation as well, I feel like we, we've got it. And I guess that leads me to my first question who, from our very own Liverpool correspondent, our very own leader of the Curtis Jones hive. Why is this baller such a pivotal baller, not just in his age group, but kind of going forward? What, what makes him such a character? Yeah, well, anyone that's had the misfortune of watching Liverpool with me in the last couple of years would have heard me like bleating on about this kid. Um, obviously, he blew up properly, I'd say, like banging in that winner in the FA Cup against Everton. Uh, that's when I think it solidified people in a, like his status for a few people like as a guy to watch but he'd been ripping it up for the reserves and on 23s for like a long a long time before that to be honest everyone at melwood definitely saw him as like this kind of like leader not that I'm like down there every day but i think he was like kind of talked about as this guy like the leader of the new gen down there after trent's rapid rise at the academy and he's ascended to obviously becoming like one of the best right backs in the world uh, today but you know, the best thing about Curtis Jones is that as soon as you see his name on the team sheet these days, you know exactly what you're getting. Um, he's a guy, someone that obviously the FSG out brigade would have hated in the past. Like, it, you know, like, oh, why have we not invested in more centre mids? Like, we're looking so weird. But like, this guy, you can't deny the levels he's now bringing to the table. For someone as young as he is at 19, he's one of the most assured players on and off the ball in our midfield. And despite him sort of like growing up um, in the academy, obviously you saw him banging in goals and getting assists every week and he's still doing that. But he's kind of playing in centre attacking mid or like a winger for the under 23s. He's now adapted into becoming the trademark Jurgen Klopp centre mid. Tactically disciplined, technically astute and offering the poise and presence of someone far older than him. And um, yeah, everyone at versus like who's been on the Slack with me knows that photo of Curtis holding up that Premier League medal. 
and there's a scarf wrapped around his neck. That's been a that's been a feature of the Slack channel. It's been my Abby uh, since the Chelsea game last season. So I've been backing him for the longest. So I can't lie, like it's good to good to have this one sort of lined up and like really really good conversation with a really good baller. Most certainly, and one thing that stands out for me in this series and in this conversation specifically, a little bit different from Tammy, is that with Tammy, we had a story of someone who kind of had to fight to get where he is and prove his doubt was wrong. With Curtis, his story has almost been someone that is, you know, a lot of people talk, talked about he's the poster boy, he's like the, the first son of the soil for Liverpool. So, Corey, why do you think that perspective from a young baller is so important for people to learn about and the pressures around that? I think you've said it yourself, like from, from watching from the outside as a non-Liverpool fan, like I know Jacob's got this rose-tinted perspective, which I love and I admire and I respect. But I think like from the outside looking in, it does appear that this is like a guy who's been kind of primed for greatness within the club for like the last two or three years. And I feel like with Tammy, he's always very actively been fighting to prove people wrong, as we found out last week. With Curtis, I think it's such a different mentality of like, how do you cope as like a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid knowing that at some point you are expected to be one of the best players in the country for one of the biggest clubs in the world. That is like such a monumental kind of like weight to put on someone's, someone's shoulders at such a young age. And I think the way that he kind of handles that, as we see in this conversation, is like really sort of just, just grounding and quite inspirational in a sense in that he seems like the nicest, most low-key, humble, hardworking young person you can imagine to meet in any walk of life. And... um yeah, for like someone who is kind of so low-key and grounded to be achieving at such a high level is like a really fascinating story, I think. Like you're talking about someone who, you know, he's like the youngest goal scorer in the Merseyside derby since Rory Fowler. He's like the youngest captain in the club's history already after like captain them in the FA Cup game. He's won a Premier League medal and the PL2 Player of the Season award in the same year. Like he's a very, very high achiever. And he's coming into this, this sort of culture of excellence Liverpool right now that doesn't tolerate slackers at all. Um, and I feel like, yeah, it's fascinating to sort of see how someone so young and someone so talented adapts to that pressure, that expectation, and really slots into like a winning side and a winning mentality. And um, yeah, like, I mean, I sat in this conversation, I can certainly say that, you know, in, in all the time I've been doing this, it was one of the most interesting and fascinating conversations I've kind of watched. And um, yeah, like hopefully people take from it similar things in terms of, um, yeah, just learning about what young players go through and what they can bring to, to a discussion and to a, um, yeah, to, to, a, to a game like football. And yeah, excited to see this one go out. I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. And um, I really enjoyed this one. And I hope you guys watching, listening, enjoy this one as well. Make sure you subscribe and share. Massive shout out to Nike as well for connecting the dots. And without further ado, this is How to Be a Baller with Curtis Jones. Thanks for being with us, man. Obviously, it's... it's um, interesting times at the moment but it's great to see you flourishing and, and doing your thing but one of the things that's always really stood out about you is the sense of who you are and where you've come from and it, it's a well-known fact that you grew up in um, Tuxif that's an area that lives and breathes football and it's it's birthed so many football athletes in general but what are your first memories of kind of that area and playing football in that community? Well, growing up, you know, it was always it was always a bit difficult, you know. I think I think like the facilities and stuff that we had weren't always up to what saying kids might might have had when they, they was growing up, you know. But we always found a way. Um, 
where where it was always you know we'd always climb into the local school and we'd take their goal and we'd put it at the top of our streets and respectfully respectfully we would give it back um but if we could have the goal for as long as we could then we would have it there you know and it was never like astro or grass and that was always like concrete it was always just the floor um so yeah it was always hard but it was always fun it was always a game it was always competitive and um, you couldn't lose you couldn't lose like it was always like if i lost it was always being an excuse how i could stay in and still play and it was just um it was just fun um, it was just childhood fun but um yeah it was all good um and that's what made me the player that i am today definitely i, I heard about i've heard about that story about how you used to sneak into the primary school and that's one thing that really stands out about you because that represents a lot of young kids across yeah, yeah, yeah. that do stuff like that. And it just makes yeah. it real when you hear like someone who's breaking into one of the best teams in the world had similar experiences. But um, what values did you kind of take from those sort of experience and growing up in Toxif? Um, well, what it was is it was more like you kind of appreciate the things that you have now. So like growing up, it was always, I would always be around like older boys. So that's now benefited me now to when I'm coming into the game now, and obviously I'm playing against grown men, is I'm able to handle, you know, getting knocked around and and a few little knocks getting left on you and stuff like that. So I just mean, it, it just made me mature more quicker um, and just, you know, just know, like know the value for, for the things that I'm getting now. Um, having a good pitch, a good foot in football, um, being able to train at the best club in the world every single day with great play and players and great staff and just being able to learn from the best with great facilities and stuff. I mean, it just it just comes down now to me um, just knowing the value of stuff and not going big edited and remembering where I really, really come from and stuff like that. It's interesting you make mention to when you were growing up and kind of playing with older um, older kids and everything because that seems to be a theme throughout your career. So it's it's well documented that when you were 16, you were playing age groups above, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. breaking into the first team. But yeah. going back to that young age, when did you realise how good you were? And I didn't. I didn't. It, it, it was more the people that were around me that see me playing in the streets and in school on the pitch and all that it was them that kind of seeing the talent that I was because to me I was a young kid who was just doing something something that I loved you know I wasn't the way I wasn't serious it was just that I didn't understand how serious that you had to be to actually become a footballer so I was just a young kid with energy enjoyed having a football at my feet so I was going out there just running around and doing tricks and flicks stuff that I just learned myself not like not stuff that I'd seen just stuff that I was just picking up myself and um, scoring goals that I love to do. Um, and yeah, then it kind of become a point where people around me start, as I was saying that, like this kid is actually serious. Like it's not just a one-off time when he's doing it, like he's doing it all the time. Um, then obviously the head teacher from my my primary school um, called me mum into the school and just said like, look, like Curtis is actually a really good footballer. Like it's not just a joke. Like, um, there's actually trials that were coming up for Liverpool at the time, like a, like a summer camp thing. And I was only young at the time, must have been just, I think I was just coming on six. Um, and I went there and I played. And from then, that's when I just 
that's when you started the club it, like instantly just said yeah like he's a, he's a great player and we want to keep him on our hands but then obviously you can't properly sign until you're nine so it was a chance you know you, you, like, you was always allowed to go to like different clubs and all that which I didn't I just literally stayed there and then I had a Sunday league team I'd always play in the Sunday league team and then you know I was doing the same thing there as well I was playing all the time I was playing well scoring goals then loads of clubs and all stuff were just coming in for me but there's only one club you know only one club there. for you <laughs> yeah yeah definitely that's a beautiful thing because you you've made that transition and of course like you mentioned you didn't realize how good you were but people around you did yeah yeah getting to seeing like a, the, the club that you love come after you you then sign when you're nine and then being within that system at what point did you look at the situation around you and think to yourself, you know what, I can make it pro here? Yeah. Um, well, for, for me, as everybody knows, you know, I'm always a humble lad off the pitch. And I'll, and I'll be a great lad with anybody that I see. I've always got time for fans and give them back to where I grew up and stuff and seeing the, the family. Like, everybody knows that I've never changed. But on the pitch is I'll always be the most confident lad in the world. And I definitely think that you're now in the game and the team that I'm playing in, it's only right that a young lad like me trying to break through has got to be as confident as I am. Um, so I've always had the confidence to know, uh, you know what, I can actually be a world-class player. That's just from me, like being who I am. Um, and I got to a point when I was like under 14s, when I took a step up to the 16s and I was playing there every week. Um then, you know, I was doing well there. Then it was just like each year I was starting to take steps. So then I was 16 and then I was playing up with the 18s. So then when I was 18, I was playing up with the 23s. Then I was 17 and I went in with the first team and I was training there all the time. And it just feels like I adapt quick to surroundings and stuff. And it just, you know, just the feedback that I was getting from coaches and people around me, you know, that were keeping me on my feet. And saying, you know, you still got to work hard and all that, but you've got a really good chance. Um, so literally just from my confidence and stuff that I've been told, I just think they just went together. And then obviously to put the thought in my head that I know if I stay the way I am as a boy, humble and a respected kid, but then confident on the pitch and work hard, then I've got a really good chance of getting to the top. And um, that's what I'm doing at the minute. There's... That's a perfect segue into um, something I've really wanted to ask you. And it's about that sort of mentality. Because like you said, everyone always talks about how humble you are, how grace you are. And it just kind of, you summarise what a lot of Liverpool is. But like you said, you've been in situations where you've had to play age groups above. You've, have to, you've had to go into situations where you're a long lad at 16 and you're with 23-year-olds. And like you said, you have to continue having that confidence. What is the mentality behind that and um, why is mentality such a important part of your success because I can imagine at times even though you want to be confident going into those sort of situations it can be a bit daunting yeah definitely or well, mentality for the, the other side of the game because you know there were times when I'll be training with the first team all the time and then I think that I'll be in their match day squad but then I get dropped down with the 23s um, so my mentality then was okay like, I can't sit there and be angry and I'm not in the match day squad and this and that. Is I need to go down with the 23s and make sure that I'm the best player on the pitch and I need to make sure that I'm the one who's scoring the goals or getting the assist or being the star man there, not 
nothing to do with being greedy or trying to take the spotlight away from any other kids because I'm always there for kids that are doing well. Say, like, I'm always like the first one to try and congratulate them and stuff. So, but my mind frame is like, if I'm coming down, that I make sure that I'm the best player on the pitch at that time. Um, so I've done that all the time, like every single time that I'd, that I'd come back down. But growing up and going in the age groups, I think the mentality was a little bit different. Um, you only re- I only really seen the highs because I was always, you know, just jumping up the age groups. Um, so, you know, I had all the confidence in the world, you know, and I'm, and I'm playing again in the 18s team, um, scoring a goal, then I get selected again. So the mentality was always just keep going, really. It was literally just keep going and going and going and keep working hard and stuff. Um, then your ladder keeps going up and it gets to a point where it kind of goes straight for a bit because now you're with the first team um, and they've got world-class players and you're still a young lad. So it's like, what do I do to bridge the gap to now get above them? And for me, you know, it took me a year, um, year and a half to kind of establish myself and kind of get starts and stuff. You know, I had the ones and like the cup games and stuff, but now to really get Champions League games, you know, I was around the team when they got in the final against Madrid um, and we got beat, unfortunately. Then I was in the team when we won, um, but I wasn't on the bench. So, you know, it took me like two finals to really actually get a start and stuff. So the mentality, you know, you just got to be strong and you just got to, um, not get too wound up with yourself and think like, why aren't I taking this next step? You've got to, you've got to kind of recognize that the people ahead of you are world class players who have had hundreds of games and have been around for years. And actually, the players that you've actually grew up watching and stuff like me, as I'm coming in a team now, and I used to remember at a point where Oxley Chamberlain was actually an idol of man. I was actually cutting copying boots and stuff that he was wearing. Now they're players that. I'm competing against to get a start and stuff. Um, so I think the the mind frame of me has changed over the years, but I've adapted well. Um, but it's always just being a confident young kid with a mind frame of having the belief that I will get in the first team, but having just to hold my time a little bit. Belief is, is a major part. And I guess we've, we've mentioned you being from Liverpool, but... <laughs> There's something really significant in that, right? Because you are what I, I call it, like the son of the soil. Everyone looks at you and is like, this, he is one of us. Yeah, Very yeah, similar yeah. to what, how it was with Trent. So already within Melwood and within Liverpool, it was always known that you were the next big thing. So yeah. with everything you've mentioned and, and that on top of your shoulders, what was that like? Like, how did you kind of manage the relationships with people around you or you're in these rooms with other players, but everyone's looking at you as you're the next big thing. How do you, at such a young age, how do you sort of manage that emotionally and everything? Yeah, well, when when you're so young, um, you don't really, I don't know, it's hard. Um, you don't really understand of what you have on your shoulders just because you're so young and confident. You don't really look, look at that stuff and, oh yeah, I'm this, I'm that, so... I need to do that. It's literally just go there, train, you play hard and you just um, try and perform to the best that you can. But I've got a really humble family and a really humble team around me. Um, I've got a small team around me that I will always keep around me for the rest of my life and stuff. And they're really humble. 
Um, so when they would hear stories about me, um, I'm the next this or I'm the next that, and you got a really good chance of breaking into the first team and stuff. Um, I would always, you know, have phone calls or meetings or sit down with, with them and that, and they would always just reassure me of just, listen, this, you're still young. Um, you know, you've come from a work background and you've come a really, really long way and you're doing really well, of course. Um, but don't let these things change you as a person. Um, so my man frame has always been the same and I've had it spoke, and I've had the same things said to me for so long that that's literally just all I know is once I'm doing well, is it just, you stay as humble as you was at the beginning. It's not, it's, it's like not, nothing changes. At times when I'm sitting in the changing rooms and I've seen, you know, that Henderson and Trent and all them have said words about me, it's, it's like, wow. But it's, I've always still got that thought in the back of my head, okay, relax, like, just be humble, just still be yourself, don't come in here and try act, you know, be the boy and think, yeah, I'm the young this and that because you're not yet. Um, you know, it's these pe like these people see potential in you, but you've still got a long, long way to go. So it's always just still, um, again, I'll bring it back to being confident and taking all the credit in. But again, it's the team that I have around me, keeping me humble and keeping me with two feet on the ground and just telling me to go in there and work even harder every day. No, for sure. We're, we're in a situation now where we see you leaving your mark you're you're part of the team and, it, and it's so funny because i remember in summer one of the key things you said was your target was to become a, a part of the of the first team fully and yeah. it's funny because someone that you looked up to in chamberlain said exactly the same thing it's funny how football and situations work out but you're both doing that at the moment let's take it back to your senior debut what was that day like and how did you find out that you was going to finally make your first team debut for the club that you love it was actually mad, and I won't forget it really. It was against Wolves away. Um, I remember I was, I was I was being told, you know, you're definitely going to be in the squad, you're definitely going to be coming on. But I weren't meant to start. Um, and I was in the showers, and the coach actually came in. I said, come on, the showers. So I was thinking, don't tell me I've done something wrong again or something. Because I, I was always, you know, the little cheeky one in school. And I was thinking, um, so I was thinking, has anything came back? To because you know they were still like like sixth form days when we was, when we still had to go back to sixth form and still do things in there. Um, so I was thinking, oh, have I done something wrong? So, and obviously he called me out and he said um, it was Lalana was meant to start, but he had went in the physio room and he had picked up a little knock in training. And they said that like, he was ruled off from the game. He said no, like yeah, like you're gonna be in the team, like you're gonna be starting. So I, I just remember me like it was there in my towel and I still had my slips on. I had nothing on, I was in my towel and I had on slips, um, drenched. I was so, I was so coming because I was being in the shower and I was, remember I was staying there thinking, wow, like madness. Like, like I couldn't believe it. Um, then I went back in the shower, obviously I'd finished off my shower and that. And like the lads that were in the shower half knew, oh, you must have been selected to, to like start to, and tomorrow. Um, so they just asked me a few questions and that. But to me, it's like any time that I get told something good, I don't like to tell anybody else first. I always like to go and tell my mum or my brother or the people around me that are close to me. I always like to tell them first. I like them to be the first ones to know, you know, because they've been the ones that have always been there for me. 
was going to help you. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm starting. Like, wow. Um, and obviously, I was still young. So, obviously, I went home, told my mum and my brother and the people around me, blah, blah. Um, and obviously, they, they just said to me, like, this is your chance. Like, go out there and enjoy it. Because at that time, you know, I was still young. So, I was literally just enjoy the occasion and just take it all in and just try and be the best player that you can be. Um, and I'll never forget, you know, walk, walking out of that walls and they let off that fire, you know, at the beginning yeah. of the pitch. You feel the heat. <laughs> like, I felt the heat and then obviously, like, the crowd then goes mad and obviously I'm, like, looking around and I'm thinking, like, wow, like, this is the stuff that you actually dream of, like, when you're a kid. Like, there was plenty of times when I was thinking, like, imagine, like, standing in the tunnel and then running off to the pitch and you hear the crowd go mad and, and like, how do you actually handle that? And obviously then it comes down to me, then I'm actually doing it in real life. I've come out, I feel the heat, I feel the fans. And it's all just about, you know, it's all about, again, is what you said before about me mentality. It's about how you handle the occasion. And um, obviously I was still a young lad and I've always been confident, but that was something where, you know, it took me confidence. I wouldn't say down, but it made me realise, like, the game that you're coming into, it's more than just being confident. It's much, much more. Like, there's much more that you have to do as a person and as a player to get yourself to the to the, to the level where you need to compete at this level. Um, and with all the experience that I took from that game, it's now... You know, it's it's paying off now. So now when I'm not going to start in a Champions League game, um, you know, there's no fans not there to hear, you know, the, the atmosphere and that. But just in terms of knowing what the game holds and knowing that there's, that there's millions at home who are going to be watching the game and that, and all eyes are on you because you're the young lad and you're the local lad and everyone's going to be looking at you because you've had this name since a kid and they're going to be expecting big things. So um, it's kind of about just putting that behind you and just going out there and performing, and that's what I've done. But yeah, that in that first game was mad. No, you you you've definitely done that. But to touch on something you said, there there is no fans, of course, and of course we're in a really the pandemic has been crazy, and um, the great thing is football is still there as a source of enjoyment. But even though there's no fans, I guess there's still a lot of pressure because we're in this generation where Instagram, Twitter, everything is so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eyes on you. So, how does it feel as a young player coming through, and especially coming through like in terms of like your age and everything, with that sort of pressure? Because loads of footballers before you wouldn't have had that sort of pressure when they were coming through. Your every move has probably been highlighted and made complimentations of since yeah. you broke through. What's that sort of pressure like? Um, well, social media stuff. I'm I'm not really too phased about that stuff. Like, I'm not really big on it. Like. In terms of, I mean, I'm 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 known on there in terms of big, but I'm not really a big person who reads comments or searches myself up to see what's getting said about me. Like, I don't really care about that. Um, so that type of stuff's easy for for me. Like, you know, as like, as I said before, you know, I've got family around me and a team around me who we're not really we're not really too deep in on social me media. You know, this kid to you know might go on there and see what's getting said about yourself and stuff like that. But I'm not one of them, you know, I'll post on Instagram and stuff like that, or I'll get like somebody to post it for me. You know, I'm not really massive on that type of stuff. And the, the feedback that I'm more 
that I'm more interested in is getting it from the manager, the players, my family, um, you know, because unfortunately is, is the world that we're in is there's going to be a lot of hate. There's going to be a lot of love. Um, and it all comes down to the people that you're around every day who matter the most. Um, there's probably been times when I've had a really good game and I've said he's the best youngster in the world and this and that. And then there's probably been a game when I haven't been up to me very best. Um, and people are starting then to probably doubt and say, you know, you know, we we rated them too much from too young and he's not really living up to them them goals that he set for himself and this and that. Um, but as a young kid, he was coming into watch Raiders, the best team in the world with the best players in the world, looked as the best, one of the best ma managers in the world. In my eyes, he is the best because, um, you know, I'm around him every day. Um, it's their remarks that get that get left on me that I really take in. Um, it's them that really know what I'm capable of doing and they see, and see me training every every day for weeks, for months. They've seen me there since I was 17 and it's the feedback that they've given me um, that I know of and the level that I can achieve. Um, at 19 and starting in Champions League and getting assists for Mo and playing well and then getting feed and feedback of them saying, saying, you know, well, and that I play this, that stuff that really, really keeps me go going and stuff like that. It's not really the social media part of it that I really um, take too serious. Having said that about feedback from your teammates and your team around you and your family, what was that moment like against Everton? Because not many young players get to really, for lack of a better term, announce themselves in really dramatic ways. That is something that's going to stand in history for a long time. What was that moment like? How did it feel afterwards? I'm going to be dead, dead and say this year, yeah is I literally went home and chilled in my mum's house and had a cup of tea, relaxed. I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I mean, we were speaking about it and that, but we were so chilled. Like that, that, like, that was probably the highlight of, that's probably been the biggest one of my career at the minute, that I've really seen how humble the people around me are. Like, seriously, like that, like, not like not one of them. Like, I was expecting to go home and knocks on me door, but like the people are and like phone calls. And I mean, I had so many texts, I had so many, like, of course, like all that stuff blew up. Like, I'm grateful for all the staff at the academy and all them, you know, that text me and the players and stuff like that that all text me. And of course, for all our fans, you know, that left all messages and stuff. Like, I'm grateful for all that stuff. Um, but that was probably the biggest mark in my career that I've seen how humble the people around me are. I literally just went home, relaxed with my mum and, and my brother at home. I got a call from my agent and stuff, you know, of course, but they're, but they're more like, bro, like a brother to, and to me and stuff. So, you know, I got calls from them and asking me how the game went. But it was literally just the same talks if it would be as if I was scoring a goal after the 23s. I mean, it was a bit different because obviously they, and they were saying how proud that they are and family were over the moon and stuff, but it was nothing like, you've made it or that's exactly what you had to do or next game, you've definitely got to start. It was literally just like, 
the biggest well done I could have ever had. Like I get that because obviously I had the man the match thing and I come home and I was like, look, man the match, this and I got all that. Um, but then it was literally just the next day. It was literally just the next game that you go and play is you need to still make sure that you're being the best player that you can be. Like not only because okay you scored the most important goal that I was spoken about for weeks, for months. It's literally just the next game that you go and play, like go and be the start again, if you can. Um, and nothing changes at all. Um, you go in again and you work hard and you go in gym and you still do all your gym stuff and you don't then turn up late or change anything. So it's literally just like the biggest well, well done that I could have ever had. But again, it was the humbleness around me. It was mad. It was like it was the most I had seen, and from that point, as I said before, it was like it was like actually like shocked me a little bit because I thought I was gonna get um, a bit more hype. <laughs> I I was wanting a bit more hype, <laughs> but um, Just a little bit more. Now I get a coat. Yeah, I was a little, little bit more. Um, now, nah, but yeah, me and the family and all them were absolutely buzzing. Um, the people around me are absolutely buzzing, you know, all the team, the staff are buzzing. But um, as I said, yeah, you're back at home. It was just literally just now keep your two feet on the ground and go again because they really know how much that I've got to give and they know that there'll be plenty more of that coming my way. So if that can take me off my path, then what's going to be be like in a couple of years' time when I'm scoring in Champions League finals or semi-finals or... Maybe a time, and then obviously there was a time when I captained the team and I was the youngest captain, captain and that type of stuff can just take, just take you off path. But again, I'll take it back to the people that I've got around me, just keeping me grounded. And it was um, it was a really, really special moment. Yeah, that that sense of community you have around you, it shows through everything you do. Yeah. And I mean, you've already achieved so much in terms of winning the Premier League and a club um, club World Cup already. I can already tell that you're still going to have the motivation to have more. A lot of people won't even achieve that in their career at all. Yeah. But I can tell that you're going to always want more. But one thing that stood up a lot is um, you've been to a lot of the academy games and this is someone that's captain the academy. You've come through. What does it feel like for you to be given back to kids that want to emulate what you've done now? Hey, well, it's, well, the people at the academy are the ones that had to build a team around me to get me to where I am now. You know, I've done a lot of extra work as a being off or extra work in the gym, but that's in like, individual stuff that I know that I need for on the pitch. But of course, I, I still need players around me and coaching staff around me to guide me up there. Because of course, when, when I was young, and again, you know, when I wasn't as serious with, with football, is it was them that were telling me about the player that I can become. And... Um, you know, I've always been the little cheeky one in school and a little bit bad, I won't say bad behave, but the one, you know, that was always getting into a little bit of trouble here and there. So um, it was always the coaching staff at the, at the academy that would always guide me and, and try and keep, you know, like the bad energy away from me. So it's only right that any time that I can go back and see the boys, you know, that were in my team because a few of them there and my good mates are off the pitch that I speak to enough every day and if and if I can go for food now with, with them then I will go so it's only right you know that I go back and I support them because at the end of the day it's still my age group um, for all I know is there might be a time when I need them again you know 
you know, it's all highs now and I'm doing well, but football's a mad, mad sport, you know, like anything can happen. So there might be a time when I need to, to lean on them again or go down there for a bit more game time. And, you know, is is I know from the lad that I am and the lad that they know that I am, that they will always be 100% with me and the coaching staff would have me there every single day of any week. Um, I would love to and to help me out again. So I know that it's only that right that if I can go go there and go in the change rooms, give the boys a bit more confidence and just say hello to a few of the old lads and a few of the old coaching staff then um, and see that it puts a smile on their face that I haven't forgotten them, then, that, um, then that's a highlight for, for me, definitely. Curtis, you've told us how to be a baller. Final regards, in terms of any advice you'd give to anyone chasing excellence like you have done, what yeah. would it be? Um, I would say ne never ever doubt yourself and always be as confident as you can be. Um, always try and work harder than anybody else that is around you and do the extra stuff that you can do. Um, but the main point that I'm always going to go back to is any sort of success that you get is always be as humble as you can be. Always and never ever forget where you come from. Oh, and make sure that you keep your close ones close to you. And it's always family first. I like that last one a lot. Curtis, thank you so much. No, I appreciate you, my thank you. This has been How to Be a Baller, and we'll see you again next time. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.